Good afternoon. Welcome to Pigeon Post. It has been a minute, I tell you. Um, I guess I'm finding it more difficult to record while I'm driving. Um, mainly because I just need the Bible in front of me. <laughs> Most of the time I'm really tied to a text these days. Like I feel almost... Um, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be talking very much if I'm not really keyed in on the text and the context uh, because I think that's really important. I think there's a really big responsibility there. And if you're going to prove that the Bible is saying something, <clears throat> you should be able to find a good chunk of scripture to prove it um, instead of relying on implications and speculations. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm at the halfway point in my uh, commute here. I have this really long commute, which is kind of how Pigeon Post got started. And so I'm leaving <clears throat> northern Colorado Springs right now. I work in southern-ish Colorado Springs. And I'm headed back up to Castle Rock. So sometimes I have to stop for coffee. And um, interesting side note, I had to also take my shoes and socks off because <laughs> I am uh, really kind of burning up here um, in the car. It's Colorado, so there's still a nice breeze blowing outside, but inside the car, the sun is just vicious um, today. And uh, it wouldn't be so bad, but the problem is I have boots and wool socks that I'm still wearing. So I need to transition over to uh, summertime footwear and socks and stuff like that. So, yeah. If you don't know, we, we moved to Colorado and kind of had to get rid of everything. Uh, so we didn't bring anything with us. And uh, we're just starting fresh for um, my wife's health. Uh, it was just better for her to just start without anything. And uh, I might, I mentioned that partly just because, uh, but partly because I might talk about that a little bit today about health and such. Um, so here's what I plan on doing. <clears throat> I plan on just picking a couple topics and topics that I think I can successfully talk about for a few minutes. And... Um, Maybe next time I do this, I will pick up on where I left off on that topic, and maybe I'll switch it out. So, see how it goes. Uh, it's kind of like following rabbit trails, but I'm going to try to stay as focused as possible while I'm on these rabbit trails. But it's just stuff that that I like to talk about that I think will be relevant to, to some of us. So, if you're a Christian and you're listening, um, I think there's something here for you. And if you're a non-Christian and you're listening... I think there's something here for you too. Um, the current series that I am trying to go through is explaining the gospel. And so I did that first episode with that's just called The Gospel in Color, where I walk through the different colors of the gospel. And these are not colors that are given to us in scripture necessarily. It's just a framework for understanding, almost like a, a theology for remembering the story of the gospel and applying it to uh, the world, 
applying it to the Bible and applying it to our personal lives. So I'd encourage you to check that episode out. And I'm going to try to take that one step at a time. But like I said before, I think I'm really going to have to have an open Bible in front of me to successfully do that one. Um, So today, the first thing I thought I'd talk about um, is Christian unity. And this is something that is close to my heart. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to be open and honest without, without naming people's names in case those people are listening to this podcast. Um, I'm in no way trying to make myself look great and them look bad or anything like that. In fact, I'll just say from the get-go that, um, you know, I think when you have a hard time knowing yourself, which I think I do struggle with that being self-aware and how I'm coming off to people, um, you you have a really hard time assessing uh, where you've been wrong before, but I will say that I know that I have been wrong. I have been wrong about um, whether different theological points or just my own attitude when, when trying to, from my heart, help people. And I'm sure that my heart hasn't always been right there either. So... Um, I just almost want to start with a confession that um, I know that I've been over eager to talk about things with people sometimes and I would encourage you, number one, I would encourage you to try to engage people, Um, but number two, I would encourage you to, as scripture says, and as I've um, disobeyed sometimes, to do so with gentleness and with love and with grace. And with knowing that nobody is perfect in their in what they believe, and none of us has the perfect interpretation of all Scripture. Now, I almost wince when I say that because <laughs> I also, alongside that, the parallel track of that is I do believe we can know things. So I think it's really dangerous to um, to always defer that and say, well, you know, we all believe different things. Because I do think we can know things. I do think that things are clear. And I think that one thing that causes disunity among Christians is actually the belief that you can't know and you can't figure out what Scripture has to say. But one of the one of the things that I think is important is, um, are we focusing on things that really matter first of all? You know, are we keeping first things first? and second things second. Um, When I meet Christians um, in various places, you know, maybe it's a Christian that I work with, or, um, or, uh, you know, maybe I I meet somebody uh, at an event, or, you know, at the grocery store, or a friend of a friend, or whatever. Um, You know, it's it's probably not going to be... the first thing to talk about uh, some of these more minor theological things. When I meet somebody, um, I'm really concerned if they say they're a Christian. Um, I'm just really concerned with, you know, letting them know that I'm a Christian and, um, and maybe talking about what that means and um, seeing. Um, you know, if that person um, 
you know, if they're in church, you know, and maybe encouraging them to be in a church. Um, although I don't, I'm not legalistic about that by any means. Um, there have been times where we've had to be out of church for a while, um, but it's never desirable. But Christian unity. So how? What is it? What do I mean by that? First of all, and why would like if a non-believer is listening to this, why would they even care about this? Well, first off, it's Christian unity is about being in community centered around Christ. Um, so the idea is, and if you're a non-believer, this is kind of the main idea here, that I can't what we would call fellowship or really have common ground with somebody who is of another faith. Okay, so I, I can't pray over my meal if I'm having a meal with a Muslim. Um, there's nothing wrong with having a meal with a Muslim, but I can't pray with them to God because we don't worship the same God. Um, I can't ask a Muslim to pray for me. Um, I've had Muslims say that they're praying for me, and I think it's perfectly fine to say thank you. Um, but the reality is that I don't believe that they are actually praying to God because the only way to God is through Jesus. And I know that sounds probably really narrow-minded, and um, but that's that's what the Bible says. And you know, it's it's the same idea that that you know. I think when people struggle with this idea that there's there's one God and there's one way to God, um, it's the same. Th- it's the same idea behind monogamy, right? That I have one wife and that she's my wife. And um, that I, I wouldn't go to another woman for the things that I go to my wife for. Well, the same is true about God. Uh, but it's even worse than that because not only are there not any other gods, that the spiritual entities behind other religions are actually demonic. So if if you're dealing with something that is claiming to be a religion, but it's not going through Jesus, and then you've got the wrong God. Um, you actually have uh, either nothing at all, or you have something demonic that you are communing with. And um, that would get us off on another whole rabbit trail. But the idea of Christian unity is that we are unified because we are in Christ, as the Bible says that we are all worshiping the same God and that he has made us a spiritual family so that I am I am closer um, to brothers and sisters in Christ. In reality, I'm closer to them than I am to my own flesh and blood. Um, now, I, I have family who are Christian, obviously, um, and I'm not... <laughs> disparaging them by saying that at all. Uh, but Jesus even affirms this when he says that, um, you know, you must hate your mother and brother and sister in comparison to me, to your love for me. Um, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But the idea is that there's a spiritual reality created and that that reality basically is the church. Um, so, when someone comes to Christ, they have their sins forgiven, they become a new person. Um, and if, if what I'm talking about is foreign to you, I'd encourage you to listen to 
the Gospel in Color uh, podcast, the one right before this one. Um, when someone is in Christ, they're, they're a new creature, a brand new person. And this person is in the family of God. And this, this person can call God Father. And no one, no one that's outside of the family can claim God to be their father. Um, because before we all, before we come to Christ, we're dead in our sins, as the Bible says. We're alienated. We're enemies of God. Um, we are not in the kingdom. We are outside of the kingdom um, under his wrath. And in Christ, he's made peace. He's made reconciliation. And so I'd encourage you, if you're listening now and you think I'm saying something hateful, um, I'd encourage you to, uh, to come to Christ to turn away from your sin and to trust that he has taken your sin for you, taken the penalty and the punishment for your sin on the cross so that he can bring you to God. So you're to repent, turn away from your sin, turn away from what you want and turn to God in faith, trust him. And um, the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old will pass away, the new has come. So I'd encourage you to to step into that relationship um, and consider that Christ died and rose again from the dead for you. Um, so when we're talking about Christian unity, we're talking about a reality that exists even if we don't recognize it. So I think that's that's part of the, um, the double uh, nature here with Christian unity is number one, that we have to realize that there is a real spiritual reality whether I recognize it or not okay the second part would be that I need to recognize it right so we are to strive to maintain peace among brothers and sisters in Christ we're to strive to maintain unity right now here's where we go off is go off the rails so to speak is how does how do we maintain that unity um, is that unity maintained by looking at the list of people who are official members of my church and only being in fellowship or in community with them and everyone else is I'm disunified with everyone else well I think we hopefully all agree that that's not anything that the Bible teaches uh, while there is a special nature to the local church the people that you are meeting with or have decided to meet with, um, it's in no way exclusive uh, to the point of other people not being included. I would say that any Christian in your life that you have contact with, that you have uh, a similar responsibility to love that person in Christ, to acknowledge your family ties to them in Christ, and to um, encourage them to call them to repent believe the gospel as, as we do every single day right um, and that that may be a foreign idea to you as well that a, a Christian isn't someone who just turns to Jesus once but someone who's constantly turning to Jesus and so God the Holy Spirit uses us as believers to love one another and to pray for one another and to encourage one another and even sometimes to rebuke one another to call one another to repentance and I think if the church would do this more often there would be a lot fewer broken marriages I think there would be a lot fewer people um, depressed 
a lot fewer people who just um, call themselves Christians but end up following their sin instead of following Jesus. So, how do we maintain Christian unity or what does Christian unity look like? Well, I think, just personally speaking, one of the ways that I have gotten off the rails, um, either in reality or in perception, is um, knowing where to draw the circle, you know, um, and that basically boils down to not who, who's in my circle, you're cool and everybody else, God hates you. That's not it at all. It's um, the idea that I want to make sure as much as possible that what wasn't done for me is done for someone else. So in, if you listen to uh, the podcast that's called Michael's Story, there were years and years where no one ever, ever even came close to calling me out for my sin, to asking me what was happening in my life. Now, granted, I wasn't really in a local church, and that's part of the problem. Uh, but some of those years I was in a local church, and I had a lot of Christian friends. And no one asked how I was doing in that regard. Um, no one called me to repentance. I'm telling you that I could have used some really hard truth, some tough love, so to speak. And that if um, if I would, I feel like if I would have died during that time, that um, there's a possibility I would have gone to hell. I am not sure that I even knew the Lord Jesus. But one of the things that would have really helped is if someone would have called me to repentance, or if someone would have taken me aside and said, "Hey, let's read this together. Let's let's do this." It would have been interesting to see how I responded to that. Because I think if I was truly a believer, that I would have responded to it positively, and that I would have um, went with that and, uh, and been, been open to re, uh, repenting and believing the gospel, if that makes sense. Um, if you wanted to make more sense, you could listen to the one that's called Michael's Story. Um, so, one of the ways I've gotten either uh, had a, ended up, you know, either over-eager or with um, not gentleness or uh, not come to, uh, to my brother or sister in love is uh, being concerned with someone's salvation. Now, the minute that you express concern with someone's salvation, um, you're seen as being judgmental. And um, I guess I should clarify, I don't, I don't necessarily mean that I'm looking out or that in these times I was looking and saying, well, that person believes something wrong, so they're not a Christian. That's not really what I mean. I'm really talking about someone's understanding of the gospel um, because the implications of that are, are massive. For one, if there's a great misunderstanding of the gospel, it really could be that the person doesn't know Christ. If I think that I'm achieving my own salvation by works, for instance, that I'm, I'm being good enough. So I've asked people, you know, if you stand before God after you die and he says, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? And I've had people tell me. Uh, they go to all different kinds of churches, all different kinds of religions. 
uh, people would say that I tried my best. I tried to be a good person. Okay, so without questioning that person's relationship with God, objectively speaking, it's very unlikely that person knows the gospel. Maybe they're not expressing it correctly. Maybe I need to talk to them a little bit more. Not so that I can be their judge, but so that I, Scripture can be their judge. You know, like maybe there's a lot of bad teaching out there. I mean, every religion that we run into says be a good person. Every religion says be a good person. And you know what happens at Muslim funerals? I don't know, I've never been to a Muslim funeral, but I can only guess uh, what it happens at every funeral uh, that I've been to. Um, Catholic funerals, Protestant funerals, people that didn't know God. People talk about how nice the person was. And even if you haven't been to a funeral, you've read obituaries, you've heard people talk when someone dies. Um, you talk about the good things in that person, the good things that happened in that person's life. Um, I, that is what every religion essentially says is the way to be okay when you die. Whether it's go to heaven, get reincarnated, um, not suffer much punishment, whatever the religion is, the basic answer is that you have to be good enough. Okay, so Christianity is not that. Christianity is, you can't be good enough. In fact, we're all really bad. Rebels, given the finger to God with many things that we do, both in our heart and in our actions. We've broken his laws. We don't give him the glory that he deserves. And Christ is the one that's good enough. Christ is the only one that's good enough. And because he is good enough, he is paying for your sin and bringing you into the family. He's buying you with his blood. You can think about a ransom that might be asked for in exchange for someone's life. You can think about a debt that someone owes that needs to be paid. Um, you can think about the idea that punishment for sin, justice has to be served somehow. Um, so anyway, that understanding of the gospel, when it appears that that's lacking, I'm concerned. I can't, I can't help but be concerned when it appears that that is lacking. You know, when a person says they love Jesus and that they love the word of God, I think that's great. Um, I think that we have to make sure that we're dealing with the right Jesus. Because if we start changing things about Jesus, he's not Jesus anymore. Um, here's what I mean. If you asked a Mormon, uh, and I've talked to many Mormons, so I'm not, I'm speaking from experience here. Okay? If you asked a Mormon if they loved Jesus, they would say yes. If you ask them if they believe the word of God, they would say yes. If you talk to them long enough, they may not want to admit it at first. I'm not saying they're trying to not admit it, but you would have to talk to them for a little while, ask them some questions, but you would find that they actually believe that there are many gods and that they are God. 
they're a God and they're becoming what God is so that if they live rightly, uh, they will be able to someday have their own planet with people and they can procreate with their celestial wife. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not trying to laugh. I'm just, it's hard to say some of the stuff that it gets believed. And I think mainly not because it's hard to believe that people believe it. It's hard to believe that people pass it off as Christian. So um, here's an example of, of one of the times that I think I did okay uh, with Christian unity. Um, I was helping out with a Christian club or a Christian group at, uh, at a school that I worked at. And I wasn't leading it by any means. Um, I was just helping out. You know, they could use my room and I would sit in with the Bible studies. Uh, there had to be a teacher there and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, there was another teacher. He was the main person when I started attending. He was the main sponsor of the group, if you will. And uh, I sort of found out that he was a Mormon. Uh, I guess I asked what church he went to. I saw something he posted um, somewhere. So anyway, um, I, I kept going a couple of times just to kind of see what he would say uh, to different questions. And it seemed to me that he was trying to work in uh, some Mormon ideas, um, but nothing major. Eventually, I just uh, asked him if I could talk to him, and uh, the first question I asked him was, are you a monotheist? And uh, he said, yeah, yes. And I said, well, you're a Mormon, right? And he said, yes. And it wasn't a secret. He had posted some things about it um, in a group thing that we were using. And uh, so I asked him some questions. Well, you that there's more than Heavenly Father, right? There's Heavenly Mother as well. Yes. Okay. Um, you believe that we are eternal spirits just like God and that, you know, we're essentially not much different from Him and that we can become like Him. Yes. Yes. So, after a series of questions, I said, well, how are you a monotheist? <laughs> uh, what he meant by monotheist was just that there's one God that he worships. Um, but at the same time, he didn't think it was a contradiction that he could become God one day and be worshipped. And his gospel was essentially different. His gospel was not that God would be glorified forever and ever, but that um, that he would eventually be glorified um, forever and ever. A totally different religion, right? But what did, what did I say at the beginning? Like, he would say that he loved Jesus. He would say that he loved the Bible and believed the Bible. And that's what you end up with. You end up with a pagan religion, uh, which just substitutes the name of Jesus for the name of Zeus and um, all those kind of things, right? Heavenly Mother? Where's Heavenly Mother in the Bible? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> um, they believe God has a physical body and that he impregnated Mary, the Virgin Mary, which, how can you call her the Virgin Mary? Um, so, yeah. Is there Christian, is there, 
my question there is, was there any Christian unity there before I started asking questions? Because the guy eventually left the club. Um, he asked me if I thought he should leave, and I said, well, I don't know. Uh, but he eventually left on his own. Um, so was there, when he leaves, that's disunity, right? But my, my question there is, was there really any Christian unity there in the first place? Is, can, can I have any unity around uh, a Jesus that is totally different? Mormons believe that Jesus is Lucifer or Satan's brother. They're brothers, because we're all brothers. You're Satan's brother too, right? So, um, but he's more close to that uh, distinction. Like, they're basically equal. They're on par. Um, he chose right, and Satan chose wrong. That's how he became Jesus, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're Mormon and I'm misrepresenting you in any way, please call me out on it. Uh, PigeonPost2019 at gmail.com. But I'm fairly confident I've talked to uh, dozens and dozens of Mormons um, and sat down for hours and hours, uh, done special meetings with them and talked to them. So um, I think I think I'm successfully uh, representing their side there. Anyway, all that to say that um, there is uh, there is no unity where there is not Christ. No unity where there is not Christ. Um, I guess the second question would be, and uh, I'm going to have to pause it or uh, maybe pick it up tomorrow in a second. But the second question would be, let's say we have a very, very similar understanding of Jesus, that, that we do believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, that we do believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Um, you know, now is there is there instant unity um, by affirming those basic facts about Jesus? Does that mean that we have instant unity? And I guess the thing to think about for next time is what about the gospel, right? Because the gospel is not just uh, what happened objectively on those in those three days or who Jesus is. Um, in his identity, but also how it gets applied to our hearts individually. Um, and I can prove this from scripture pretty easily because I think a lot of people say, no, the gospel is you just believe that Jesus died and rose again and you love Jesus. That's a gospel. Well, that is the objective gospel that Jesus died and rose again and, and who he is and the Trinity and all those things. Um, but the, the idea that I can believe in that in any way that I define, there's not a way for me to actually believe rightly that the way that, that a person becomes a Christian is part of the gospel. Um, here's what I mean. If someone were to say, you have to spin around seven times, and stand on one foot and say the name, spell the name of Jesus backwards. And of course, you have to believe that he died and rose again and all that stuff. If they were to say that, that is how you become a Christian. Now, we may be talking about the same Jesus 
in theory, because we're affirming all the same facts about what he did and who he is. But the way that it gets applied to us is also an affirmation of who Jesus is and what he does, because we're saying something about the way that he saves us. And if I am going around telling people that you have to spin around seven times and whatever, I don't even remember what I just made up there. If I'm going around telling people that that is the way that you become a follower of Jesus, that's a lie. Now I've essentially compromised the gospel. And we see this in scripture because in Galatians, people were telling people that you had to get circumcised in order to really be a Christian. These people were not denying the Trinity. They weren't... Um, denying who Jesus was or what Jesus did on the cross or the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. But they were saying that you had to go get skin cut off of your penis in order to become a Christian, uh, which i um, not sure how that worked for the females of the bunch. But <laughs> Paul would have none of it. If you read Galatians, uh, he says, um, these guys should just go cut the whole thing off. That's how I feel about these guys that are saying this. Um, so I guess we'll save that for next time. Like um, just some more talk about Christian unity. And um, thanks for bearing with me. I'm just kind of making um, making up the outline in my head as I go. Just kind of talking, uh, shooting from the hip, so to speak. Um, because I think Christians should shoot from the hip more often. You know, we should have these conversations with one another. And... Um, and go to the word and, and try to encourage one another, um, in sound doctrine. Sound means healthy. And Paul says, you need healthy teaching. He says it so many times. I want you to have healthy teaching. Like Christianity is not just about acts of service or acts of love. Doing acts of love and service are essential. If you don't do those things, you can't be, you can't, legitimately call yourself a Christian. Um, but also, if we don't believe the right things, we also can't legitimately call ourselves a Christian. So we have to have both. There are two rails on the same train track. Um, so that's just a little bit about Christian unity. I'm trying to, this whole thing was devised originally to create conversations. So if you would please, if you have any thoughts on this, um, send me an email at pigeonpost. 2019 at gmail.com and um, I'd love to interact with that and um, I, I will not try to trash anyone or, or prove you know my point and shout out your name and whatever you think may happen uh, that maybe some people do online <laughs> um, if you make a point I will just um, mention it look at scripture and, and see what it says and just try to interact um, graciously with one another. Because I'll just say, like I said at the beginning, I have been wrong many times in my life. I don't have all the answers, um, but I do think it's important to have the conversation. So I'm reaching out to see if, um, if any of those conversations um, are out there. So thanks for listening. Um, I may or may not attach. Let's see, how long was this? Oh, this is 35 minutes. I guess we'll just call this one an episode. Um, but I think when I do some of these off-the-cuff episodes, I might just go to a few different topics. 
But some other things I wanted to talk about, I'll just tell you that I'll probably talk about in the future. You could send me some things on this as well, some of your thoughts on this. But what about when a Christian is sick? Um, when a Christian is uh, is sick or is ill, is that the will of God? What kind of questions come up? Um, is God is everyone supposed to be healed? Is everyone supposed to pray to be healed? Um, what can we expect to happen when a Christian is sick? What ha what happened? What went wrong when a Christian dies of cancer or something like that? Um, how in control is God? And how should we respond to one another? And what what kind of teachings? Um, do we often hear about this and, and how do those line up with scripture? So that, that was the other uh, main thing that, um, that I was wanting to talk about today, but we'll get to that in the future. Thank you so much for listening. And um, yeah, uh, have a great evening and uh, we'll see you next time.